We are too young to realize that certain things are impossible. So we will do them anyway. Hello, folks, and welcome to the Pro-Life Guys podcast. That opening quote was by none other than a hero in the pro-life movement, William Wilberforce, the abolitionist of the slave trade in the 18th century in Great Britain. My name is Peter. I'm the host of this show. Welcome to episode number one, and I would love to introduce you to our wonderful co-host, he is a legend in the pro-life movement. He has changed over 30 people's minds in one high school lunch hour. You'll hear about that in just a moment. His name is Cameron Cote. Hello, sir. Hey, Peter. It is good to be here. I am super excited about the launch of this podcast, the Pro-Life Guys podcast, because though there's a ton of pro-life content out there on podcasts, I mean, maybe not quite as much as like murder mysteries and whatnot, but there is pro-life content that you can find on YouTube and um, through your favorite podcast catch. We figured that it made sense to launch a podcast that was specifically dedicated towards conversational apologetics based on the concrete conversations that you and I um, and our colleagues at the Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform have had over the last decade or so. And so I'm really excited about launching this podcast um, and, and ultimately equipping you with the tools that you need to have better conversations with your friends, your family members, people in your community about abortion. But I'm sure that I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, Peter. Maybe, maybe give us a little bit of an intro as to what we're all about, and what the audience can expect through this program. Absolutely, sir. We are the Pro-Life Guys, two guys who are passionate about ending the killing of pre-born children here in Canada, which is where we are located. And this podcast, podcast, like you referenced, Cam, is dedicated to giving you, the listener, the tools that you need to change minds and save lives from abortion. As a pro-life movement, as pro-life activists ourselves, our goal in the culture is to change minds, save lives, and work towards the transformation of our culture. And we want to give you the tools that you need, that we've been using the conversational tactics and uh, just the overall knowledge that you need to have those effective and winsome conversations. A lot of people think, Cam, that changing someone's mind on politics or religion or abortion or any one of these controversial issues is something that's just not possible. And it's best not to have those conversations in the first place. But from our experience, nothing could be further, or that couldn't be further from the truth. Cam, you've had over 10,000 conversations in the last decade on the topic of abortion. I think I've had roughly 6,000 conversations uh, with people, maybe 5,000. Uh, but together, we're pushing 15,000, 16,000 conversations in Canada, mostly in the United States as well, and uh, and elsewhere even less. Um, but we have seen in our experience that by having effective conversations with effective tools in our conversations, the, the proper tactics, and using what we're going to be talking about in an episode coming up, the use of abortion victim photos, we can actually see people change their minds. And so, yeah, like you said, that's what we want to talk about. We don't want to be this, this, this podcast that just gives you news, that just fills your head with knowledge. Um, those podcasts are great and they're out there and we'll recommend them as time goes on, but we want you to be equipped, um, to have those good conversations. We're full-time pro-life activists. We do this, um, on a very regular basis. Um, but we want to give the tools to 
the regular construction workers, the teachers, if you're a student, um, to students, to, to, to stay at home moms, to people in business, so that when the conversation comes up, you know how to respond. Now, Kim, I think it's important to note that, uh, well, this is episode number one. This is not the first time we're recording this episode. We are re-recording this episode uh, about a year and a half after our initial episode one has been launched. The reason for that uh, is because our vision and focus on the podcast has adjusted slightly. Some of the things we talked about on the original episode number one um, were sort of the vision and, and what the mission that we wanted to accomplish back then. As we've progressed, as the podcast has progressed and, and evolved, and as we've had an audience that's responded to the content that we've put out, our, our goals have changed. Our vision has changed. Some of the, our focus has changed. Some of the series that we've come up with have been different than the ones we anticipated at the beginning. And so that's why we're re-recording to give you, the listener, thank you so much for joining and listening, but to give you, the listener, uh, an accurate insight into what you can expect if you continue to listen to the content that we put out here on the podcast. So what we're going to expect on this episode, Cam, uh, is threefold, I think, and maybe you can... Uh, Maybe it'll be more uh, because you often uh, jump in and have extra thoughts. And I, I thoroughly appreciate that. First, we'll briefly touch on who we are. Uh, my name is Peter. That's Cam. But maybe, maybe briefly our, our story in the pro-life movement. We'll talk about why we do what we do. Something that we are going to talk about time and time and time and time again, um, which is the, the topic of abortion and why it's important to be involved in the pro-life ministry uh, that we're involved in, but not just the one we're involved in, but uh, pro-life ministries around the world. And then what you can expect going forward from this podcast. So, Cam, please, sir, help us kick things off. I mean, I've told a little bit about you. You've had that one experience changing 35 minds in less than an hour. It's probably like 45-minute lunch hour at a high school. You've had uh, conversations in the, the count of five digits. And so um, maybe tell us, where did it all begin? And, and perhaps briefly, you know, your passion for why it is uh, that you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, so I, I grew up in Victoria, British Columbia, um, here in Canada, which is over by Seattle, for those of you who are tuning in from the States or who might be more familiar with American geography, I'm over on the west coast of Canada. And I, I had very humble beginnings in the pro-life movement in that my first conversation that I ever had about abortion, I got completely embarrassed in. It was in um, grade 10, my math teacher um, randomly put forward an argument um, from a book called Freakonomics asking if abortion were to decrease the crime rate because many of the people being aborted are in low-income homes and have a higher likelihood of becoming violent criminals, wouldn't that make abortion an appropriate um, solution to low-income pregnancies? And I had no idea what to say to that. I put up my hand and I said, but sir, it's a baby. And he said, okay, I, I get that it's a baby, but don't you think the victims of crime deserve protection? But sir, it's a baby. I had no idea what to say about it. And and that kind of continued until, thankfully, I got guilt tripped into being part of my campus pro-life club when I went to university at the University of Victoria. I was studying biology. I have a degree in biology with a focus in genetics and development. Um, and I got guilt tripped into being a part of the pro-life club. I had a couple of friends who were part of it and they needed more people to get their club ratified. And so I signed up. And I attended a debate hosted or, or featuring Stephanie Gray Connors, who was then the executive director and, and founder of the Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform, the organization that both you and I work for, Peter. 
and the parent organization of this podcast. And she presented not only a compelling case on how to change minds and save lives, but also the conviction necessary to mobilize me into the pro-life movement. And so um, I got involved. That was back in 2009. um, And I have been involved ever since. I started working full-time in the movement in 2012. And by God's grace, I've been blessed to have yeah, like you said, over 10,000 conversations about abortion, witnessing thousands upon thousands of people become fully pro-life within the span of a, a short conversation. And this is not because I am some expert when it comes to apologetics or anything. It's because we have very, very down-to-earth, very simple tools on how to get people thinking about abortion differently than many are currently thinking about it. For many people, they're looking at the problems that so many mothers and fathers are faced with that are very real. And they're thinking, how do I get this person out of this problem? And abortion seems like a natural solution. And yet when you challenge them and say that, well, yes, there are problems that demand solutions. Can we ever kill innocent humans to solve problems? And they say, no. Okay, now we're talking about whether a preborn child is a a living human or not. And by pivoting the conversation towards the biology, as we'll talk about in the next episode, uh, we are able to have profound impacts in the ways that people look at the abortion issue. And like you mentioned, there, there have been times when um, you, you alluded to the, the time that I was at a high school here in Calgary, and in the span of about 40 minutes, I saw over 30 students become fully pro-life who had either never thought about the issue before or were vaguely supportive of abortion before the beginning of their lunch hour. Short conversations and seeing the very real um, victims of this injustice provoke them in a very, very short time to come to reject abortion in all of its situations. And so I, I am so thankful to be a part of this and work with the incredible team that we have, not only at CCBR, not only with you on the Pro-Life Guys podcast, but around the world as part of the pro-life movement. And I hope that not only Peter, you and I sharing our, our experience and wisdom and, um, failures, we can help you have better conversations about abortion, but we're also going to have some really, really cool guests come on the show as well. And so that's a little bit about me. I currently live in Calgary as well um, with my wife and my my daughter and our, um, our new baby, who is due to be born... Um, August of 2022 here. And so again, we are re-recording. Peter dropped a a baby announcement on me on one of the later episodes. I'm dropping a baby announcement on Peter right now. I believe we have a baby coming um, August 22. Um, So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Peter, tell us about yourself. I love it, sir. Congratulations. Um, I was wondering if that was a baby announcement. Sometimes people say something and then I have to like you know, go back (laughs) in my memory bank to see, okay, did I know this already? Did I not? But I don't think I knew that about you and uh, and your your wonderful wife so congratulations that's uh, extremely exciting um i'm i'm sure you're greatly anticipating oh, the arrival we're fired up um, we're oh, fired yeah. up like, beautiful all right um a little bit about myself my name is peter like i said i got involved in the in the movement in 2014 ccbr the organization we work for as cam said which is the canadian center for bioethical reform you can learn more about them at www.endthekilling.ca. Anyway, they started an office in Ontario where I live. I got to know them a little bit because they were part of similar communities that I was, uh, they joined similar communities that I was a part of. And I took part in the crash course in 2014, which was a one week intensive crash course. I took the week off work because it sounded fun. 
And uh, while I was there, we received two and a half days of pretty intense training, um, how to have good conversations and a whole bunch of other things. So two and a half days of filling my mind with how, how can I have these conversations? What's the best strategy I need to use? You know, different people in the movement uh, were invited to speak and I met with a few of them. And then we did two and a half days on the streets. We went door to door dropping off literature. We had one-on-one -on -one conversations with people in local pedestrian, uh, busy pedestrian areas. And we did a project called the Banner Project, which is where we held up signs highlighting the injustice of abortion to people driving by. Well, there was this one moment, Cam, and I've shared this before um, <clears throat> with you and with others, where um, I was standing there and we were receiving all these protesters and all the protesters were gravitated towards me for whatever reason that might be. And uh, just telling, asking me why I was there, yelling at me, screaming like, uh, you know, this ear was deaf. Um, but then there was this one person walking up, taking pictures of the signs of uh, the volunteers that I was with. And he got to my sign and there was a protester in the way. So he kindly asked the protester to get out of the way so we could take a picture of the sign. And the protester sort of rudely responded, why do you need to pick, take a picture of this anyway? And this guy looked back and he said, my girlfriend is 10 weeks pregnant and we were going to get an abortion. Now I'm going to show her this, these images. And that was a pretty defining moment for me in that uh, my apologetics at the time sucked. I mean, they were terrible. Um, the way that I interact with people was absolutely appalling. I remember uh, a colleague of ours, Devora, um, uh, she had to jump into a few conversations just to make sure that they remain civil and, uh, and I didn't destroy any sort of progress that could be made by someone else if someone else would have that conversation or by the images that I was showing. Um, but so my conversational tactics were terrible, though my apologetics were awful. And I felt like I was making no progress. I was having all these protesters and I was thinking, what am I even doing here? I mean, I could have had a really peaceful week at work um, just, you know, with my colleagues and, and, and in that environment. And here I decided to come out onto the streets of Hamilton and get yelled at. But in the midst of that, the image spoke a thousand words. And this person walking by realized what abortion was going to do to his little boy or his little girl. And so he had to take those pictures. He had to show them to his girlfriend. I never heard from him uh, after that, uh, but I do hope and pray. I have prayed that uh, they did keep their child. Another child was saved that week. Baby Noah is still alive today. He's like six or seven years old at this point. We get um, updated pictures every once in a while. So that was fantastic. Anyway, stayed involved, uh, joined full-time in 2015 and have been here for the most part since then, um, sometimes full-time, sometimes part-time. So that's who I am. Now, why do we do what we do, Cam? Um, I mean, there are so many hills to die on. There are so many topics we could touch on, especially now as we record in 2022. Um, I mean, things were crazy when we recorded initially, but it seems like the world has gone completely nuts at this point, um, regardless of what your view on the current political uh, scene is or cultural events or whatever it might be. Uh, I think everyone on every side of the aisle can say things are crazy. Um, so why abortion, Cam? We're in Canada, but our podcast is not just for Canadians because the apologetics that we're sharing are not just uh, going to be you know Canadian specific, but really can be used uh, all over the world. Um, why abortion? Why is this the subject that we want to talk about? Why is this a subject that we're going to be dedicating a podcast to? 
Yes, there's several reasons that I think get at the core of the conversation. I want to um, relate an interview that was conducted between a reporter um, from the, the BBC in Britain and a survivor of the Rwandan genocide. As many people would know, the Rwandan genocide happened in the mid-1990s um, and saw around a million Tutsi and Tutsi sympathizers murdered in the span of three or four short months in Rwanda. And this interview with one of the survivors, she asked, do you think the Rwandan genocide was the worst injustice in history? It's a difficult question for anyone to answer, but the, the survivor that she was interviewing responded right away, saying no. Abortion is the worst injustice in history. And that, that left um, the interviewer obviously aghast. How, how could you speak about abortion this way? But she went on to clarify that during the genocide in Rwanda, she and her family could run and hide. She and her family could cry out for help. She and her family could even fight back. But that a preborn child can do none of that. A preborn child is literally the weakest and most vulnerable member of the human family. And in Canada, they are killed at a rate of around 300 preborn children every day. As some of our listeners will know, in Canada, there is absolutely no legal protection for preborn children in this nation after the 1988 R.V. Morgenthaler decision stripping Canada of all legal protection for preborn children. And while some clinics and hospitals and abortion providers will only perform them up to a certain um, stage of pregnancy, that is based on their own comfort levels and that Canadian tax dollars pay for nearly every single abortion all the way up until the moment of birth. 100,000 preborn children year over year killed in this injustice. And if we look at that globally, we are seeing hundreds of thousands every year in America. And um, conservative numbers suggest millions, nay, around 40 million abortions performed every year around the world. And we know that their silent screams cannot be heard, but their broken bodies must be seen, and we must defend the weakest, most vulnerable. Peter, both you and I are Christians, and we understand the calling that Christians have to defend the widow and the orphan, to protect those who are being dragged to the slaughter, to defend those who need us. And that's what we're trying to do. Not only you and I in our, our day-to-day work in doing outreach on street corners and on doorsteps across Canada, but through this podcast of training people to have meaningful conversations about abortion. It's a heavy topic. And that's one of the other reasons that we need more conversation about abortion, because there are all too many people who are willing to keep this in the background, to keep it behind closed doors, because nobody wants to have an abortion. And yet far too many people do, right? Statistics suggest that around one in four women in Canada will have at least one abortion by the age of 40, right? That is absolutely devastating. And from our experiences, shared experience and the experience of all those working in the movement, we see the devastating um, shockwaves of abortion rippling through society. People who have been impacted by abortion. I've spoken to people who have had over a dozen abortions within their um, within their teenage years. I've spoken to women in their early twenties who have told me that they've had over a dozen abortions. It's absolutely heartbreaking, and it's even more heartbreaking when I realized that after a short conversation about understanding where they were coming from and talking about abortion, the regret, the pain, the guilt, the suffering, and despair that I see in these women's eyes when they plead to me, why did nobody tell me? Why didn't anybody explain this to me, that this is killing an innocent human? 
Why was this offered as my best or at times even only option? That's why we need to talk about abortion. That's why we need to engage our culture. Because every day more weak and vulnerable children are killed. And every day more mothers and fathers, siblings and others in the community are impacted by the shockwaves of abortion. And so that's why I hope that through listening to this program, you will not only learn the tools that you need to have confidence, but also the conviction you need to have the courage to engage people around you. Having conversations about abortion is not easy. I've been doing this for years, and I still get nervous at times as I go out to do pro-life outreach. And yet it's absolutely necessary. It is desperate that we defend those who cannot defend themselves. And so, Peter, I hope that makes sense, but that, I think, is why... I hope and pray that you, our audience, will continue listening to further episodes to learn about how you can make an impact within your sphere of influence, whether that's just friends and family or whether you join a local activism group that's doing outreach in your community. Yeah, and I think one thing that would be poignant to note here, especially in light of the the people we meet on the streets and the brokenness that we have you know, are, are working with and, and, and talking the, the pe people who are broken that we're talking to from time to time is that the apologetics that we're going to be sharing, the tactics we're going to be sharing are not the sort of facts don't care about your feelings. They're not the, you know, we're going to destroy your argument. Um, and then we can put like a fantastic video on YouTube showing how we destroyed their argument and get the views because we destroyed their argument. What we want to do is, is find common ground is build bridges um, have the conversational tools so that you could actually be friends at the end of the day. I mean, we are not friends with all the people we've talked to because we've talked with so many, um, but a way that really connects you in your conversation. It's not the argumentative style, but it's a, a conversation where challenging questions are asked in a winsome way, in a way where people feel valid, validated and dignified in that conversation. Um, all right. And then I think, Cam, uh, just you highlighting that, highlights the importance of the education that we are going to be sharing and the conversations that we need to have. There are three different arms in the pro-life movement. Uh, one is the pastoral arm of the movement, and that's the arm that responds to, um, you know, crisis pregnancies and uh, abortion complications uh, in terms of the, you know, mental health and, and so on of people. It provides the pastoral care for uh, anyone involved in an abortion, either before or after there's the political arm of the movement, which seeks to elect um, and nominate and elect pro-life representatives to whether it be a municipal government, a, a provincial government, a federal government, a state uh, government, or whatever it might be, and, and seeks to pass pro-life legislation that would restrict the killing of preborn children and hopefully, um, you know, with the, with the goal, aiming towards the complete abolition of abortion, uh, completely banning abortion outright because every single abortion ends the life of a young human child. And then the third arm of the movement is the educational arm. And I think, Cam, you could uh, um, you do a really good job at explaining why we need the educational arm of the movement, which is where this podcast is uh, in, um, which is where the work that we do is in, and which um, we're going to be talking about as we share apologetics, the, the boots on the ground initiatives that we are a part of and, and invite you to be a part of and the the one-on-one -on -one interactions that we are a part of and, and also want the listener to be a part of in every way possible. So talk to us. I mean, it's important to be uh, involved politically, obviously. It's important to be involved pastorally, obviously, especially as Christians meeting the needs of those around us. But talk to us about the importance of education, educating people 
um, and, and just the work that we do in this arm of the, move, of, of the movement. Absolutely. And so I, one way that I often think about it is this, that the pastoral arm of the pro-life movement seeks to make abortion unnecessary seeks to make it so that nobody ever needs to have an abortion. And the political arm of the pro-life movement seeks to make it illegal so that those who do want abortions aren't able to obtain them. The educational arm of the pro-life movement feeds into both of these arms by making abortion unthinkable. Because tragically, we have pregnancy care centers across the country conducted and, and with volunteers, and they have the resources to support thousands and thousands of children. They have the emotional support and counseling and family and parenting um, help to help people emotionally and psychologically. They have the material support. And yet every year, thousands of people stream by their offices and walk into abortion facilities. And so abortion is not happening because of the lack of, of, of support, the lack of care. It's not because the, the pastoral arm of the movement has failed. It's happening because the educational arm of the movement has failed. And the same thing can be said for the political arm of the pro-life movement, that this isn't a matter of having um, spineless politicians necessarily. This is a matter of politicians not having the groundswell of support they need to be able to act with confidence without fearing being recalled. We need to make abortion unthinkable so that not only do mothers not choose abortion in the future when confronted with a challenging pregnancy, but the people are mobilized to make a difference here and now to better support those who are in hard situations. We are having conversations at high schools, at post-secondary, on street corners and on doorsteps so that we reach people before they even become pregnant. Because for many people, pregnancy is a terrifying um, I, I, people will say condition, but it's a, a terrifying um, scenario for a lot of people because of the lack of support, because of the lack of options often presented to them. And when are you likely to make your best decisions? When you're terrified or when you've had an opportunity to think about what choices may be available to you? We want to reach people before they even find themselves pregnant. Though when we do find people who are pregnant and considering abortion, like you mentioned earlier, we're able to connect them with the support that's available. So that as we're seeing more people change their minds and realize the human rights violation that is abortion, they will get involved with local politics and regional politics and federal politics to make sure that not only is there better support guaranteed in law, but that also the option of killing a preborn child to cope with a hard situation is not available. And so the educational arm of the pro-life movement is foundational towards the success of the entire pro-life movement. And unfortunately, we are so far behind. And that's not because we have um, not answered the call. There are so many, as you will um, see featured here on this podcast, so many incredible people who have carried the torch for so long engage people in their community. And yet, this cannot be achieved by a select few. We don't end abortion in Canada. We don't make abortion unthinkable by having a hundred highly skilled, highly trained, special operative, full-time pro-lifers. We end abortion in Canada by hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of passionate pro-lifers who are working regular day jobs, who are retired, who are students, who are stay-at-home, who are in-between jobs, whatever it may be, using their conviction, allowing that to compel them into meaningful conversations with the people around them to show that there's a better solution to challenging pregnancies. And so that's where the educational role comes in. And if I push forward, Peter, and say, where is the role of a podcast in that? 
Peter, you and I have not only given dozens of presentations in churches and at conferences and lots of other venues across the country and around the world, and so often we hear people say, where do I learn more? Where do I learn more to become an even better apologist? Because this evening presentation or even this weekend presentation um, and series of presentations are a great start. But what about this question? What about that question that doesn't come up very often? How do I interact with somebody who has this past experience? This program is designed to give you a holistic approach to how to engage different people. Because spoiler alert, no two conversations are the same. Sure, you'll factor in similar components into every conversation you have. You're going to want to meet them where they're at. You're going to want to connect with them on a meaningful level. You're going to want to talk about the humanity of preborn children. And yet what that looks like for each person is going to be slightly different. And so that's why we are setting up this podcast that will, uh, again, share our experience and our wisdom and the wisdom and experience of pro-life leaders around the world for how you can learn from their experience and be able to meet as many different people from as many different walks of life in a meaningful way that helps them reject abortion, either for themselves at that moment or whenever they cross that bridge. All right, Cam, I have two questions here. Um, some of, you know, they've, they've kind of been answered already, but I think I'm going to touch on them just so that everyone is, um, very aware of, of the answer to these questions. Um, so one is who are we trying to reach? And I think the, the discussion you just had, uh, really highlights who we are trying to reach. Now, obviously we're trying to reach active pro-lifers. So if you are in the pro-life movement, if you are having conversations on the regular, regardless of where it is, this is a podcast for you. And not only is this a podcast for you to listen to, we also want to invite you into a conversation with us because while we've, we have had many conversations, um, I think Cam, both you and I would recognize that we don't know everything and we don't have the best tactic at every point, um, for conversations. Now, if you're involved in the pro-life movement, we would love to learn from you as well. And so, uh, what you're going to find on pretty much every episode, and if we didn't, uh, do it on some episodes, um, we apologize, uh, most certainly. You'll find us uh, at the end of every episode asking you, reach out to us if you have any questions or comments or concerns or or thoughts about some of the content that we brought forward, because we want this to be a bit of a community. We want this to be a conversation that you and I are a part of um, so that together we can sharpen our conversational tactics, sharpen the advocacy that we do on behalf of preborn children. So we're trying to reach pro-life activists, pro-life apologists, people who are in the movement full-time, part-time, part-time on a regular volunteer basis, whatever it might be. But I think, Cam, even more than that, and I say more than that because apologists are already linked to apologetics. Um, we're already, we've received training. Um, we continue to receive, receive training. We, we Google how to uh, do certain things on a regular basis to sharpen our own skills um, but so even more than reaching pro-life apologists who are active in the movement today, we want to reach the average pro-lifer. The average pro-lifer is a, a, a working dad, a working mom, a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home dad, perhaps um, uh, someone who's a pro-lifer in university, in, in high school, in college, wherever it might be in the workforce. Maybe you're neither of those. You're just in your parents' basement and you do online interactions with people. We want to reach you as well. Um, 
We want to equip not just the active pro-lifers, but every single pro-lifer in Canada, every single pro-lifer in the United States needs to be equipped with the tools necessary to have those life-changing conversations, those life-saving conversations, those culture-changing conversations. Because I mean, if I think if we ask ourselves, Cam, do I want to see change when it comes to the abortion war, when it comes to the abortion conversation? Do I want to see babies saved? Do I want to see people change their minds? I think every pro-lifer, active or not, would say absolutely. Um, and so we want to equip you to actually do that, to be part of that change yourself, not just to see other people as part of that change, but to do your part with your conversation with a colleague or with someone you go to school with. And so this is for everyone. This is for you. And uh, we do humbly ask that you share this because this is for you and for every person in your sphere of influence that you share this with. Cam, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that. Yeah, just one quick note on what do we mean by a pro-lifer? We don't want to intimidate people away from the program by being like, oh, well, I don't know if I identify with being a pro-lifer in the same way that, that Cam and Peter or maybe people who are volunteering on a weekly or, or very regular basis. This show is not going to presume any level of pre-existing experience or expertise. If you've never had a conversation about abortion, if you've never even thought about having a conversation about abortion, this show is for you because this show is geared towards bringing people from wherever they're at, whether they're starting at at an expert level at this point or whether they're starting at a brand new, maybe you became pro-life yesterday because of a social media post that you saw or because of a sermon at your church or because of something else. Maybe God's pushing your heart in a particular direction. If you have zero experience and zero expertise in the pro-life um, movement, that's okay. Because this show is geared towards bringing you closer to an optimal pro-life ambassador. And that doesn't mean that you have failed us or failed the pro-life movement if you're not out every single afternoon and, and quitting your day job or, or abandoning your children um, so that you can do pro-life outreach. We want this to fit within your season of life and challenge you to really consider how you can integrate conversations about abortion into your, your daily life. We have listeners that are long-haul truck drivers that have limited opportunities to knock on people's doors. We have people who are students who have packed schedules and aren't necessarily able to spend hours on end on street corners. We have people from all different walks of life, all different seasons of life. And the goal is to make you ready, whether that's ready for this weekend on a street corner or whether that's ready for the time that your child asks you about abortion or your coworker asks you about abortion or this 2022 year um, that may very well end up being a lightning rod year for abortion conversations with the potential uh, ruling on Roe versus Wade through the Dobbs versus ja um, Jackson Hole Health Clinic. This conversation is happening, whether pro-lifers engage in it or not. And so we need more equipped pro-lifers engaging on this. And so please take heart that regardless of what your experience has been so far, maybe you've had one conversation about abortion and somebody screamed in your face for, for two hours, told you that you were the scum of the earth and that you are some Neanderthal um, backwards human being that, that doesn't care about women and you didn't know how to respond. We're going to help you respond to that. And so whatever your experience has been, whatever your expertise level is right now, we hope that we can help you grow in the future. That's all I would say.
Love it. And then the second question is, what can you expect from episodes going forward? The clear answer to that is the tried, the tested, the true conversational tactics, the ones we've used in the streets, the ones we've written about um, in, let me find it for a second. Oh, I found it first. Oh, the book stuck. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You have it right in front of you. Stuck, a complete guide to answering tough questions about abortion, which is a comprehensive apologetic resource, uh, specifically pro-life apologetic resource. You can find it on our website, prolifeguys.com. But even more than that, you can also expect in-depth analysis of leading pro-abortion arguments. We talk about some of the justifications for abortion that people bring up, and we help you navigate your way through them. Because sometimes you hear an elaborate argument presented in a very um, confident way, and it just, like, initially you're like, oh boy, how do I respond to this? Um, I get this from time to time, still, Cam, after uh, after doing this for a while. Um, but we give you the sort of framework that you can use to navigate your way through them and respond well. We have inter interviews and conversations with experts in the field related to the pro-life issue with leaders in the pro-life movement who are doing work in Canada, in the United States, and elsewhere in the world as well. We have uh, friends in the movement all over the world, and we have conversations with them to learn what they're doing, what their organization is doing, um, you know, what we can see, what we can learn from them. We learn about their area of expertise. So we want to have a conversation about the abortion pill. We want to have a conversation with a pro-life doctor on some of the, the challenging medical justifications for abortion that we hear on the streets. Um, obviously a common one is, is what about the health of the mother uh, justification? So we want to have a conversation there and, uh, and so many other conversations like that to learn from people in the pro-life movement and to have a really a good understanding about what's going on in the abortion war so that we can have those good conversations and not just the conversations, but we can be uh, a really good advocate for preborn children. Cam, anything else to say there? Yeah. And so um, let, let's put some name anchors on this. So as we mentioned, we're re-recording this as we um, have have further developed the show. If this is your first episode or if you, if you listen to a most recent one and figure that you want to start from the beginning, what are you in for? You are going to hear from Lila Rose of Live Action, arguably the largest pro-life organization in the world, uh, especially with their social media reach. You are going to hear from Stephanie Gray Connors, Scott Klusendorf, Father Frank Pavone. You're going to hear, like Peter, you mentioned, Dr. Matt Wilson, one of the original um, kind of pilots of the abortion pill recovery process. You're going to hear from Dr. Ryan Wilson, the president of Canadian Physicians for Life, and countless others on topics that are real in conversation, that our um, mothers and fathers are being faced with day in and day out, and that you are going to be faced with in conversation. You're going to hear from so many of the leaders in, in the global pro-life movement. We have episodes on unstringing the violinist, the, the famous violinist argument, and how do we understand bodily autonomy when it comes to somebody else um, being, quote-unquote, attached to or hooked up to somebody else's body. We're going to have episodes on pro-life arguments that are being made, but that are incomplete, and that you need to be cautious in how you roll them out. So many episodes for you to look forward to. We really hope that you um, really enjoy and really benefit from the, the wide catalog that we already have, um, as well as the exciting content that we have coming up here. And so I, I'm excited for you as you um, take this journey through the different content that we have. 
And I will say um, big apologies for the first couple episodes that you were going to encounter after this because we are re-recording this after a year and a half of recording. We have learned a lot as podcasters. And so you're going to come from this episode into episode two and you are going to think that we are the biggest goofs ever. And so please bear with us. It gets better after um, as we learn how to do this whole podcasting thing. Um, but I think that there's a lot of valuable content that you can consume. Um, and you can find us elsewhere as well. It's not just on whatever podcast catcher you're listening to right now. Peter, where can people find us? Oh, that is a great question. You can find us on YouTube, the Pro-Life Guys podcast, on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite audio content. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our website, prolifeguys.com. Cam, one thing to note, um, you, you mentioned the next few episodes and how uh, we are far more experienced today than we were initially when we recorded episode one, two, and three. I think if you're listening to this for the first time and you look at the, the, the catalog of episodes that we have right now, we have over 100 episodes. I don't know exactly how many. It might be overwhelming. So if there's a topic you want to uh, listen to, if there's, okay, I want specifically apologetics. I want um, the news. I want uh, whatever it might be. Like, do you have something on the abortion pill or do you have something on abortion procedures? Or are there some really phenomenal stories of people who've been in the, in the uh, abortion industry and who are now pro-life that I would love to hear about? Reach out to us and we'll direct you right to those, those episodes so that you can listen to them um, next. So um, you can reach out to us, like I said, on our website, prolifeguys.com or on Facebook, Instagram or on Twitter. You can also, Cam, I, I, we didn't have uh, Patreon back in the day, but we are on Patreon Patreon now because we, um, like I said, we're building a community and, and we're trying to reach the world with these good, this good content. So we have a producer right now working on our content. We have a, someone in marketing um, the, the podcast for us on, on the different social media platforms and elsewhere. We have people um, sort of working with us, an on, online volunteer action team who's working with us. So it's a bit of a community right now. Um, and you can be part of that. You can be part of the change. You can be part of growing this podcast to more than it is at this point. And that is by becoming a supporter of the podcast, patreon.com slash pro-life guys. There are some perks there that you can read about on that website. You can also, you can also um, check out our shop, our merch shop. Um, that's another way of supporting the podcast because all proceeds, uh, they're not proceeds, but all revenue, all money made uh, is going directly to the podcast and to further pro-life outreach. So thank you so much for beginning this journey with us. We hope you enjoy the episodes. We hope this episode has inspired you to sort of scroll through your list and, and find another episode to listen to. But not just that, inspire you to be part of the greater pro-life community, the greater pro-life movement, not just here at the podcast, not just with us at the Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform, but the sort of the worldwide global movement, movement, which has unity in many ways. We hope this inspires you to be part of that movement, to see minds changed, lives saved, and a culture that loves death transformed.